Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello to all you wine lovers. Now today I bring you a rather exciting episode. As much as we all love wine, I am sure we equally love food and putting them together, if we get that pairing right, is absolute heaven. So on today's podcast, we have Bert Blaze, who is one of the writers for Which Wine When? An amazing food and wine pairing book that will solve all of your problems in the kitchen. He is an absolute authority, certainly in London. Ex-sommelier turned wine consultant, building wine lists and training staff. He has his own wine shop, has made wine in Chateau Pesquet down in the south of Rhone. So he has a rather vibrant CV and we're going to learn all about that. And of course, some of his favourite pairings and recommendations. So we'll all be experts by the end of this. Now, as you know from yesterday's episode, as this is season two, this is the relaunch. There's going to be episodes every day for this week. Wish me luck. But also from that, I want to get a little bit of enthusiasm and energy behind it. So I'm offering you guys a little bit of a competition. So you have till the 30th of August 2021 to leave a review and some stars on Apple Podcasts. You just need to send me a screenshot of your review, either by email Yanina at eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk or on Instagram, handle at eatsleep underscore wine repeat. And the winner will get a virtual wine tasting with me. So I will organise the wines, get them sent to your house, and then we'll have a little bit of fun on Zoom, chatting about the wines and drinking them. Full details and instructions are in the show notes. So do go there. I wish you the best of luck and thank you in advance for those reviews. Right, let's learn about food and wine together. Um, Perhaps get a packet of crisps or some nuts because you are going to get hungry. So, hello, Bert Blaze, or should I call you Albert Blaze, would you like to be more formal or informal today? Um, which of you like? Most people call me Bert. <laughs> no one really calls me Albert, actually. But, yeah. Does anyone what call you like? Bert? Does anyone call you Bertie? Yeah, people have just started doing that. It's become a thing. Oh, I don't okay. mind, honestly. This is a 2021 thing. Yeah, Bert, nah. Bertie, whatever. But I'm going to call you Bert. Albert. I'm going to call you Bert because I know you as Bert. Okay, right. I think I should allow you to introduce yourself. Uh, you, When we met, we met when you were sommelier in the Mandrake Hotel, but you've been yeah. at a few other little Michelin star places. I know from digging up a bit of history, you even got young sommelier of the year. You've had a bit of a fun and recognition. I don't know. Do you want to take us through a little story of how you got the wine bug? Should we do this now? Jeez, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> should we go back? To, should we go back to the start? Oh, don't know. When's where does it start? <laughs> where does it start? So, no, I, I got the wine bug. So I um, I studied computer game design at uni. What? Went to really? Work in, yeah, yeah, and then went to work in computer games. This is my first ever job. Okay. Um, then I worked for Activision, and um, which is pretty cool. And uh-huh. I got paid to basically um, play video games. That was the first. That's kind of the job you get given. It's called a balancer when you get into video games. Which uh-huh. Is- 
which is cool but it's 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 not as fun as it seems it's pretty soulless it's hard work okay. and that oh yeah i imagine it's really up. hard work yeah playing computer games yeah thumbs mm. get really achy at the end of the day, yeah. um <laughs> and so i was i i left and um and um moved back and just got a job in my local restaurant um because obviously like, you, you can't just get a job in a restaurant and um mm-hmm just to get a bit of money and to see what would happen until I found something and I just I got sent on a course uh, it wasn't WSET it was kind of equivalent level one okay of like you know the basics this, this, this is what a grape looks like this is you know how you <laughs> uh-huh. make wine and what it tastes like and I did that and I got the bug and I got back and I started teaching the rest of the guys what I'd learned and then I got put forward and then got more responsibility and kept going and going I was like and I got shot into one of the chefs in the kitchen. I was like, I actually like this. Like, can I do this as a career? And I was like, yeah, of course you can. Like people, we need people like you in the industry right now um, who actually give a damn and want to actually be in this long term. So then I worked my way up as, uh, and did more courses. And I put myself through level one, two and three, WSAT, mm-hmm. which I hated. And found people <laughs> not in the classes, but I got Don't worry, me too. Me too. Oh, my tutor was just so boring. And we were buying wine from like Tesco. And it was just so uninspiring. And I did level three and I nearly said, I'm not going to work in wine anymore. Um, screw this. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually went back to being a restaurant manager and a general manager. Because I thought, I don't want to be a sommelier. I don't, I don't find wine that interesting, actually. And because they just put me to sleep. And it just goes to show like... <laughs> I, how valuable a good educator actually is mm-hmm. and you know yeah, we need more more good wine educators who make wine interesting just like at school like you always remember your good school teachers even yeah. if like the the subject you weren't really that into it um it makes a difference in, in your life later on so yeah and I did did all the courses and then um moved to London because that's kind of where you needed to be at the time this is about yeah. 10 years ago Manchester just did not have a wine scene at all um it, well, it's it, changing it, now, isn't it? But yeah, I can imagine 10 years ago, it was probably yeah, yeah a little boring. Um, yeah, it was awful. And um, I think it kind of coincided with the BBC relocating up there because it meant that more people had more disposable income, wanted to go out to enjoy ah, okay. eating rather than going out just to feel full and drink <laughs> a huge 250 mil measure of, of wine in a glass, which I still can't. That's like a third of a bottle. I don't understand <laughs> people doing that. But it is slightly it just, ungraceful. It's mad. <laughs> I, it's just mad. It's just I like, just have a problem like, when you go to those pubs where they serve the 250 mil glass. They even have the measurement etched on the glass, the glass and there's yeah. zero room at the top to swill it around. <laughs> it just is literally like drinking from a bowl. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, sorry, for those of you that do it, do what you want. You are allowed. But, oh, uh, yeah, like no, yeah. nothing wrong with that. But like, only, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to get passionate about wine around there but now it's yeah. changed a lot and now I look at like Leeds Manchester um, Sheffield Birmingham I think Liverpool as well Bristol, still, yeah. Liverpool yeah for sure there's some there's there's a new generation of people who are doing really brilliant and fun things with food and wine so I, I would probably if I if it was this period I probably would have stayed up there to be honest because it's mm-hmm. such a, an awesome city Manchester but um London was cool and then I, I just yeah Started working hard, worked my up as a sommelier, got my first real break in the Clove Club. Where um, do you know you know Guy Palmer Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Clove Club is uh, yeah. Michelin star as well, isn't it? Yeah, it or was Michelin it star, and yeah. it is. Yeah, it's had a star for a long time. Mm. And um, the two weeks after I started working there, it actually got voted in the top fifty. Which do you think that was cool you? Do you think you did it in those two week periods? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what maybe do you think? Not. Um, no. But then, and then I, after a year, after a year, we actually went up, and we actually became best restaurant in the UK on the top fifty, which was which was 
mad Yay. which yeah uh which is pretty cool and um and now yeah moved on to the mandrake where i met you and then, and then everything changed forever <laughs> and everything changed forever yeah okay complete um, lies carry on no, and no, I really fell in love with those um, those crazy Atacama. Um, no, actually, I was pouring those at the Clove Club as well. I was do- ah. we were doing them with a, a monkfish dish on the um, on the wine pairing. Actually, that's where I fell in love with those wines. There, okay, there we go. Plug and for Tara. There you go. The, yeah, the Chilean yeah, wines yeah. that I that I sell when exactly. I can. Exactly. I nearly yes. nearly got a trip there. Um, and then Ugh, um... yeah. <laughs> you should. We and can then... talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then yeah I, I did that competition that you mentioned which I, don't, I still don't know how I did it but um <laughs> it was the, it was the first and only competition I entered I'd, I was I was a bit bored of my job wasn't really getting challenged that much um and I just like I, I, I want to I was speaking to people and they were like enter a competition see where you place and see how you do and it'll it'll give you motivation to kind of um when you fail and crash out and burn when you fail it'll <laughs> It'll give you it'll give that's you motivation nice. to learn more and push yourself a bit more because I was just having a bit of like meh period uh-huh. and then I went in and won it which just made my head big and then just, <laughs> yeah had the opposite effect so I was like oh, won la, it. I was la, like, la, la, you, la. now you need to do another one I was like oh, and I never quite got around to doing enough competition but yeah no don't forward, was, leave uh... it you won that one like you need a hundred percent success rates <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah it was cool it was a it was a Q and A at the start. Um, you had to fill out a questionnaire and it was a quick Q&A of like um, Burgundy Appalachians mainly and then it was a blind tasting of six wines mm. and then the final was the final three of us and it was um, a panel of like master sommeliers and um, they were all sat at a table and it was a dish cooked and they basically said find a wine that will pair and present it in front ah. of a crowd which is pretty cool so I had to pour it at the table explain the wine introduce it and then they marked it and, and they picked me for some reason. So that was pretty For some cool. reason. Well, now you say that that was the grand finale, pairing a wine with a specific food. At this yeah. point, had you become a little bit food wine obsessed? with the, What was your feelings towards food? So... It really came from, um, yeah, definitely, definitely that was, that gave me a lot of confidence with food and wine pairing. But um, it was the Clove Club where every single service we'd have a different menu mm. and you've got every the, single service. The, yeah. Dishes would oh. change and uh, yeah, whole main dishes would change <laughs> and we'd have about 20 minutes to find a wine pairing and running around the cellar. Oh my you know, chefs, they don't, you know, they don't give you any notice and go, hi guys, this is the menu <laughs> for next week hope you're doing well it's like no we're changing the menu in 20 minutes get fine wines this better work kind of thing so yeah um so i'd have i look back at my little booklets and i had a pack full of booklets with basically wine pairings and why Uh they worked and um i rediscovered those um because we didn't really do tasting menus at at the man jake with with the it was more um bottle service which was Mm -hmm. cool because the clove club was like 70 percent wine pairings probably in an average wow. evening you can never predict what was going to happen but yeah it's intense that like every to every guest would have like six to eight wines and they each need to be served at the correct time with the dish and explained and introduced it yeah you ran a lot it was cool i loved it it was really good mm-hmm. and um definitely got the bug for food and wine pairing there and then guy was obviously you know passed on a lot of his knowledge uh-huh. and wisdom to me which i'm very grateful for and always will be um and he was very supportive of me moving on as well, which was great. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I kind of got the bug for it and had loads of notes that I, I looked back on, and that you know, kind of led me to the to the book, I guess, which was okay, a drinking conversation the book. in a pub. 
Let's do it. So the book, it's not 100% written by yourself. You teamed up with Claire Strickett. I don't know Claire. That's Yeah, Claire's great. Um, She's worked for Food and Drink a long time, but she doesn't blow her own trumpet like me. So... (laughs) listen blow it as much as you want you got who else will right i've got a big head but claire's very modest and she's absolutely amazing at what she does she's she's a brilliant writer she's very clever and she's got a great palette as well and um yeah i tried writing a book ages ago this is it i first started the at the mandrake Mm -hmm. and i called it um juice and junk and i just got like left at by a lot of people and it just wasn't very good and i told claire about it and she was like yeah it's not very good is it um (laughs) pretty much but then we started working on a concept together and we kept going for coffees and meeting up and like bouncing ideas off each other I just bloody love working with her like um, we just had such a good relationship we never once fell out we never once stepped on each other Mm -hmm. and we both listened to each other I've never had a working relationship like it so it it was it was it was perfect it was great I couldn't have asked for any more out of the time but yeah she her and me and her collaborated really well on the on the book and um and yeah that's where it came about so which wine when do you find that you are more of the wine authority and then claire has kind of come and made sure it all sounds good and it's written in a way that's comprehensive or actually she also comes back with some wine pairings as well a bit of both yeah both she's got a great palette she's she eats out and drinks out a lot but yeah, me, me, obviously my background's wine, I've worked in restaurants and been surrounded by wine for most of my working career. So that's obviously my strength. And then Claire's strength is the food side and, and the, the writing. She's just a brilliant writer. So she, yeah, um, yeah she would tidy up things as well. But, but <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's 100%, it was 50-50 between the two of us. Love like, it. Can't, would, wouldn't be the, the book it is without without Claire for sure. And there you go. Rambling, rambling about wine, so yeah. And you say you're you're the one that's always tooting your own trumpet. You sound rather modest to me right now oh. in this moment. <laughs> you're yeah, doing well so far. Now, <clears throat> tell me then, how do you personally go through this process of food and wine pairing, breaking down, I guess, the taste profile of the food first or the wine? How do you decide it's going to be a good food and wine pairing? What are you looking for? There's a lot of trial and error. There's okay. a lot of trial and error. I've, 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 I've done wine and food pairings on paper before and like they're definitely going to work like we had this little almond tart mm-hmm. and I paired it up with a Mac van de Jura and I was like this is so going to work this is going to be amazing it's going to complement like the nuttiness and stuff oh yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, like the marzipan flavors coming yeah. through the Mac van de Jura and little fruit and I tried it it was just like Mah. it was so boring it wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. um the tart was a little bit too buttery and the the Mac van de Jura didn't really have any acidity and it just kind of made the whole thing kind of yeah it was just a bit flabby and it just just didn't work at all um so it's a lot of trial and error you you could you could write down on pen and paper the the best pairing ever and imaginable and think oh that's going to complement that and but until you try it and try it with the dish and the way that the chef's prepared dish you never actually know Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of trial and error and no matter how much experience you've had you have to try it to know that it works firstly but there's lots of different ways to present to to approach a pairing okay you can think about a lot of the times um chefs have already given you ideas in the past so like take like venison like Mm -hmm. you're trying to think what flavors go well with venison well what flavors the chefs normally put on the plate next to venison they go like maybe a berry jus or some kind of sweet 
root vegetables so you kind of ah oh, i know what kind of wines have those kind of flavor profiles so maybe pinot noir would work quite well mm-hmm. from the new world maybe that would complement it quite well and it isn't a fatty meat so you don't need high tannins or high acidity so you know and it kind of you know you kind of approach it that way or you can see what the food is lacking so like the classic one i always use is fish and chips the first thing you mm. do when you get fish and chips is you throw vinegar and fresh lemon oil over mm-hmm. it to cook through the grease so you want a wine that's going to cut through the grease essentially that's what your palate's craving but then some great pairings like manzanera and fish and chips works really really well oh really wow. interesting mm-hmm. yeah i really I, that's a, that's a great pairing um yeah, you um, know what? I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you for one second. You yeah, say about yeah. manzanilla. Going through your book, one of the interesting pairings I thought was manzanilla sherry with fried chicken, which I oh, it yeah. makes sense to me because again of the grease. But I don't know. I just never personally would have thought of a sherry to go with fried chicken. So I think that's quite an unusual pairing. Absolutely. Um, so the, I think the best pairing with roasted chicken is uh, Jura White. I think the nuttiness just and the, the butteriness and like it just mm. works so well with the chicken. It matches the texture and complements it. Especially if you've got like a really like fatty chicken, um, like corn fed chicken that's just full of flavour and it's already slightly nutty anyway. It just brings it out in a chicken. It works so, so well. I never okay. understood people pairing chicken with red wine before. It just, I, it just doesn't work for me. I'm a bit of a classic, like, well, white burgundy or obviously Chardonnay oaked, probably, exactly. you know, from the New World with, with a roast chicken. But you're going to go Jura white. Now, I rarely drink any wines from Jura. So, okay, I might have to go and give that a go and see if I agree, which, of course, I trust you. But, you know, I should, I should probably give it a go, Ooh. right? Well, now you're hanging out in places like Dalston. And, ah, and stop it. Don't now listen. You don't to, you uh... bringing out the cool side that we had a conversation. <laughs> Nobody listening here understands what we're talking about here, okay? But for those, of, because there are a lot of people listening to this in America, and they won't understand that Dalston, Hackney, Shoreditch is the cool area in London where there's a lot of natural wine. There's a natural wine scene. And I am being teased because obviously our Tara <laughs> wine from the Atacama Desert is a natural wine, but it doesn't taste crazy natural but anyway so they don't understand your reference to dulston thank you i'm sorry i keep forgetting this is a podcast um but yeah that'd that'd be a great that'd be a that'd be a great um wine pairing with the chicken as well you know okay um, yes it would yeah the manzanir um i had it in san luca de bereda and they in a a really traditional tapas restaurant where they just basically take anything and everything out of the sea they put it in batter and fry it and they bring it to your table which is amazing. So I tried all kind of weird and wonderful things out of the sea I didn't even know existed. And one of the things they brought to the table was some chicken prepared exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. So some chicken. And we were all drinking manzanilla because that was the thing. We were drinking manzanilla and tonic. And it works so well with that chicken. Yeah, manzanilla and tonic the best. Ugh, I know nothing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm learning. Honestly, manzanilla and tonic, double measure, 50 ml of uh, manzanilla. Just basically make a gin and tonic, but with manzanilla, it's lower in ABV. Mm-hmm. It tastes a million times better. It works <laughs> better with the tonic and it's nutty and it's got more complexity than the gin and tonic and it doesn't get you as drunk so you can drink more. Like on a hot day <laughs> in the park, manzanilla and tonic, honestly, it's the best. Or Fina, you can get it obviously from Jerez instead. But yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's one of my favourite drinks. But the manzanilla sherry with fried chicken, you're having it as yeah. just manzanilla, not with the tonic, right? 
at the time <laughs> it was a blurry night so probably <laughs> i was drinking it all in all different ways but yeah that's because we, we got taken out by there by um Lagita sherry brand so mm-hmm. we they actually took us to a cocktail bar that only did manzanir sherry uh, um, cocktails as well so the mm-hmm. whole cocktail list was just cocktails using using sherry which was awesome okay. but yeah I've, yeah I just it find it it I mean manzanilla or you know any of these sherries that are aged under floor you know for anyone who doesn't understand that's like this layer of yeast I find I suppose the saltiness, so first of all, the, the the slight salty nuttiness that you can get from that wine, I can understand definitely how it would pair with lots of the saltiness of seafood, that kind of makes yeah. sense, but I don't know, I just find it really intriguing that it would work with chicken, and I wonder, I would have thought that you'd need a wine with much higher acidity, and obviously typically you don't get that acidity, but you do get the freshness vibe, so Well, you yeah. do, you do, especially for, with Manzanilla, because obviously you feel like, like it's a bit more... you're closer to the coast yeah. and the, the mm-hmm. Palomino that grows there, you get the cool air coming in from okay. the bay. Mm-hmm. And you actually do get really nice freshness and, and good acidity structure in the wine. Okay. So, um, yeah, next time I see you, we're going to, we're going to try that. Okay. There we go. Well, anyone who is listening, you now have a pairing that you need to try and then you can let us know, uh, did Bert get it right or not? <laughs> <laughs> not how did Bert get it right how good was it that's, that's uh, okay I'm sorry there we go how good was I'm it so now... com- honestly I'm so confident in that pairing oh honestly, really it it's okay. one to try honestly okay so well how about another pairing from your book hot dog okay. and badeo let's stick with another white wine of Spain I thought that one's a pretty yeah. cool pairing and I would never have thought of that but it makes sense explain to everyone listening why should they pair a hot dog with badeo yeah, it's 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 a bit of a a, a weird one again, and mm-hmm. I love those wines from Northwest Spain. I think um, the Dejos is such a such a cool, great variety. Yeah, um, and I got into it through um, the wine producer Ossian first, okay. and they've got some of the some of the oldest vines in Europe. Some of the vines are 120 years old, pre-Fluxra. Mm-hmm. And there's a winemaker called Ishmael Gonzalez, and he left and went to and set his own. Um, agency called Micro, Microbio, which I think winemakers club bring into the country now. It's it's cool, but it, he's gone completely wild, rogue, and natty. Um, <laughs> but, but great. But some okay. of the wines are real gems, and they're, they're such a pure, um, pure Verdejo. But um, yeah, I, I just found it really interesting because hot dog is 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 it meat? What is it? It's kind of Actually, like this, what? Yeah, like, what is it? What's inside of it? I don't think we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I'm talking about like not like a posh hot dog, like when you go to like you need to get to bubble dogs and get one of those awesome hot dogs yes. which are actually proper hot dogs. We're talking about like process crap that you have out of a tin, <laughs> yeah. That like I think the World Health Organization classes as like grade one or something. Like you really shouldn't really? be eating them. But yeah, honestly it's it's pretty grim. But um but everyone has a guilty pleasure, everyone does stuff for fun. Of course. Happy, so, yeah. But I, I just thought about like what, what do you normally put on a hot dog? What what are the normal things that you normally mm-hmm. normally go with some onions which complement it? Yeah. And kind of give they kind of give the, the hot dog some astringency. And this is what I was looking for from the wine. And it mm-hmm. needed to be quite fresh and it needed to have texture to match up with, with the, the meat in quotation marks. So <laughs> that that's kind of why we <laughs> that's kind of why we went with it. And um okay. I think and and what I one of the things that I did in the book is if there was a certain wine like Videho where I don't think people are drinking enough of it, I would pair it with a food that's really, really common that people have quite a lot. Mm-hmm. because it was a conscious decision to get people to be drinking more of that wine and plus if you'd like just did like 
I could, you know, like a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc with something that everyone has like really obviously in every day, then yeah. people might just focus on that. But I really wanted people to explore the book. So okay. in each pairing, either one of the wines is really recognisable or one of the foods is really comfortable and recognisable. Okay. So to navigate it, it, it feels quite natural. It And it there's not like a, a niche food and wine together that people are like, yeah, I'm not probably going gonna, gonna to try that. Yeah, okay. And also for anyone who doesn't know what Vidéo is, I always say, obviously, actually, often blended with Sauvignon Blanc anyway, but as a style, it is that if you like Sauvignon Blanc or you like fresher whites or even Pinot Grigio and things like that, it's going to work, but it has these lovely kind of lemon and grapefruit flavours, doesn't it? And a little bit of a a grassiness, but super fresh. It's totally underrated as a great variety. So go and try it anyway, but definitely why not with a hot dog? You know, that's what Saturdays and Sundays are for, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the Ossian Vidahos that I used to have, they were, they were great because they were almost slightly oxidized as well. Mm, and, okay. they, and they had that same kind of oxidization that you get of like high quality burgundies as well that you'd pay a lot more, a lot of money for. Um, so you get really good value for money, I think, with them. They're, they're great wines. Top tip for everyone. So what's your perfect pairings? Do you actually have a few that are just like, oh my God, melt in mouth. This is what I'm going to do if I'm ever going to show off to somebody. No, not really. I don't. I don't have like a hit. No, I'm not like you know. I don't like you know like have like a hit song. I'm. I think I'm more like mm. I'm more like an album kind of guy. Like I've got like a lot of good pairings. <laughs> I think but I haven't got like that hit song that like maybe maybe it's fish and chips and um, English sparkling wine just because it it fits. You know, it's Blanc like, de Blanc. Chardonnay, yeah, right? absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because it's just like it's so British and it's uh-huh. so funny and it just works and zing. Zest. And, and exactly and english sparkling wines are not cheap and fish and chips is so it's great because you can basically sit on the sofa and eat your fish and chips out of a wrapper and have a, <laughs> a wonderful glass of, of, of english sparkling and not feel guilty and it's a great way to enjoy it and um yeah i think the wine really comes alive because the acidity in english sparkling wine in some cases if you drink it like on its own can be a little bit harsh for some people Mm. I love it because it just cleanses your palate. And it's clear, Me too. Like, it, it's great. Like a lemon sorbet with... sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think for some people, it, it does need a bit of fatty food and the wines really come to life. And you, you realise like a normal glass of white wine would just feel really flabby next to this this greasy fish and chips. So I think it really comes to life. Okay. So yeah, I really I really love that as a pairing. I think I think that's great. But yeah, I haven't got like perfect pairings. They're, they're pretty hard and then and then everyone's palate's obviously different. So pe- some people might go, I absolutely hate English sparkling wine and How could they? Chips, or they might I know, How could they? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, not a thing. Good. That's not allowed. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Not. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one of my favourite pairings that I had a moment with. It was just, it was a Vermentino from Sardinia and it was a mussel spaghetti and really zingy and loads of lemon over it and and parsley and I was totally in heaven. That was something that, oh, was divine. Wow, so nice. there you go. That's just one that's popped to my head. But, you know, I, I have a whole album as well. I'm not just a one-hit wonder good. either. No, good. <laughs> no, no. It, it, but it is so rewarding when you find that, that one pairing that makes you happy. Because a lot of people, um, I, I think a while ago, um, somebody gave me a shout-out about the book. And then they had a few comments. Like, majority of them were like, oh, cool, looks great. I'm going to get it. And I think, like, two people... It's like it's that one thing, right, when you get, like, 100 good reviews, the, the two you always, like, overanalyze and, like... That aren't very good and, and mm. someone put like i've never understood food and wine pairings i just don't get it i don't see the point of this book i'm like 
Or if you've not had a really amazing food pairing, like, of course, you're not going to understand it. But it's so rewarding. It makes you just a little bit of happiness, just making, you know, taking something you already do, taking a delicious dish that you already make. And you already you already buy wine. Why not buy the wine that's going to sing with this dish and make you happy? Like, it's you're not actually having to spend any more money or any more time. You're just changing and getting the right wine. I think it's such a cool thing to do. And it's so rewarding. Yeah, when you get it right, the food tastes better and the wine tastes better. Like this one pairing I had. So if anyone mm-hmm. wants to try Vermentino and they haven't, it's again another zingy, high acidity grape variety. And it's lovely, that kind of grapefruity and lemon flavors. And it's got a, it's like nuttiness and a saltiness, the best, the best if you want. Well, there's lots of places to get it from, but Vermentino de Galura is a DOCG and it's a higher quality and tends to be a little bit richer and rounder. And that's what I was drinking. And it was that it brought out the saltiness of the mussels and the the lemon squeezed all over the fish just kind of, you know, again, it, it was strong enough to match the wine and they just kind of blended together so perfect. I just, it was actually just a moment when I thought, oh my God, I've actually done it like spot on the fish in this food has never been as good amazing yeah anyway enough of that there you go try some vermentino um any unusual pairings that well we've mentioned a few already like the potato and the hot dogs have you got any that people go that would never work and then are really surprised i actually was trying to think of this but it's just it's just um trial and error i've had so many ones that like i I actually thought were going to be perfect and work together and didn't and you never know you never know when it's going to catch you off guard Mm. but you will you always have some idea so what about with eggs Eggs are such a hard one to pair often. Do you have a... Eggs are hard, yeah. Aren't they? Um, yeah, eggs are hard. There's quite there's there's a little group of vegetables and yes, and, artichokes. And that, yeah, <laughs> and asparagus. I just get asked. I always asparagus. Get asked I feel like obviously Sauvignon Blanc is kind of a yeah, yeah general. Same I feel green like... flavors. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy. Yeah, but for so... some reason people find it hard to pair. I don't know. Prosecco. You know, Prosecco gets such a bad wrap from a lot of people and of course yes an eight pound prosecco it just knock it back have fun and whatever but as you get into the higher qualities in Val de Biardine and up into the Cartesi the Grand Cru I think they can be yeah. have some really complex flavors and I think they go well with a whole range of vegetables and I think would you agree or not that top end proseccos no. can handle artichokes quite well and I, d- I definitely think that whenever I was struggling with a food pairing, I would always approach it from a fizz point of view because it just does something different to your palate and it adds a different complexity to your palate mm-hmm. and it refreshes and the carbonation help the the flavors to travel and to cleanse your palate as well if you've got something unusual on your palate. Um, so yeah, definitely, 100%. That's why everyone always goes for champagne. You can you can. If you're stuck in a wine pairing situation or you don't know what to get for dinner to get champagne, you can drink it with anything. I've had, I've had it with a steak before. It works great. I've had it with tartare, had it with vegetable dishes, whatever. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you can afford it, obviously. No, I definitely can't at the moment. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, as my listeners will know, I did an episode on Cap Classique recently. Yes. And also in Cremont, of course, you know, from the different areas of France or Luxembourg, if you want to yes. add that one in. But Cap Classique as a whole, I mean, you know, South Africa, they just are really embracing that as a category. And when you can, from the £10 level, get a pretty decent Lee's aged, you know, traditional method sparkling wine. I mean, they are my champions. Obviously, I'll always be English at heart, but we need money for the English sparkling wine. And what's coming out of South Africa, you know, if you need a good sparkling wine, 
that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I visited there and one of the best I found was Le Lude. They're, they're ah, fabulous wines and okay. so affordable. They're just outside Franchuk. I was staying mm-hmm. with friends, um, the guys that make the Terracora wines in the Swatland, and they said it's one of the best at the moment and they, they really recommend it. I don't. I think it was just about to come onto the, the UK market at the time. So it might be on there now because this was a few years ago. Okay. But yeah, it's um beautiful vineyard, very clever winemaker there. And they did they do the Never tasted. You never tasted oh well no. they do the they if try the Blanc de Noir expressions, I think they're the oh. best. I think they're really nailing the, the um red expressions there really well. And it reminded me of like a um like a Agripar or like um a Pinot Noir dominant mm. grower champagne they're, Yum. they're fantastic i've yeah. definitely i've seen the bottles and anyone who said la lude it's two separate words like le and then lude because they've got the great etching into their glass so i'll have to look to see if we've got that in the uk and again maybe see if it's in america for anyone who's listening there but yeah okay la lude there you go everyone you need to try that now i just want to touch on which wine when your wonderful book um, anybody who hasn't got it, do go and get it. What I, I love, I don't even know, it's so complex. Like you've gone into all these different sections. So you've got your classic pairings, then you have um, wine basics and you even describe regions. And so people can really, from the beginner's point of view and upward, really get to know wine and the breakdown of food. And then the thing that I love the most, you have that at a glance sections. So you break down... What do you have? You have all the Asian food at a glance. You have desserts at a glance and even pies. So British. That Was that really complex to create? There For anyone who hasn't got the book, it's like a, it's like a chart. You've created a chart of all these different wines that are going to go with all these different styles of pies and all these different styles of pastas. Was that really quite complex to put that together in a visual aspect? Um, yeah, when we, were, when we were writing which wine when, we, we, um, we had loads of pairings kind of which sounded very similar. Mm-hmm. So like with the pie ones, it just kind of changed with the filling. Yeah. And the editor is kind of like, oh, I don't know what we're going to, you know, a lot of these are very similar. Mm-hmm. And, and we kind of came up with it. And I actually just sketched something out in my sketchbook as a kind of a map. Claire sent me uh, a reference of like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do something like this from a book that she found? Mm. And um uh, it, it was, it, it's, ours is very, very different to the example, if any, um, those are listening it's very very different to that example but um, I sketched something out and um, <laughs> inclu- included all these pairings and I, I it was something that happened on the journey on the way and mm-hmm. um, it happened quite naturally because I had already had all these pairings ready and it was just about ordering them correctly and then Tegan Handel who is um, a brilliant graphic designer who designed the cover and the book um, she also designs all the P Franco posters you might have seen those okay um, yeah she does really bold like really interesting beautiful typography posters mm-hmm. and she was like the, the when we when we had to find a designer for the book she was like the first one but she translated those sketches that i did um into into these into these diagrams and shaded them and um, they, they happened really naturally but i'm really proud of them and it's the one thing that most people always comment on because you know like if you get Japanese, They're brilliant um like takeaway it's like obviously like a load of different little dishes and yeah you can just glance at it and just have a bit of fun and pe- the pizza one as well that's the other one that people's good yeah pizza 
Um, I think it's amazing. People need to get this. So everyone, it's called Witch Wine When Bright and Vibrant Orange Colour. You can't miss it. And I think it's definitely super useful for beginners and professionals alike. I found it super useful and it's quite inspiring to think, okay, no, I'm going to try this great variety with that dish. So everybody go and get that book now. (laughs) Done. Done. (laughs) So. For the rest of the episode, you shall have to wait till tomorrow. A little preview, we are talking about one of Bert's favourite wine regions, and that is Tuscany. Now, as always, I like to leave you with a wine quote. And this one is from an American called Clifton Fadiman. And he says, if food is the body of good living, wine is its soul. Mm, It certainly is. Right, all you lovely lot, get yourselves in the kitchen and start pairing. And don't forget to share, subscribe, get people involved. I hope you're looking forward to this competition and I shall see you again on another episode of Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat. Cheers to you.